Hi, Evers and Nevers, and welcome back to SGE with SNG. I'm your host, Gail. And I'm Sam. And today we are going to discuss the first chapter of the book, The Princess and the Witch. So let's start by taking a look at the epigraph, which gives us a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. So the epigraph starts with, In the forest primeval, A school for good and evil, Two towers like twin heads, One for the pure, One for the wicked. Try to escape, You'll always fail. The only way out, is through a fairy tale. So what do you think about the first couple of lines? And well, what do they mean? I think that there's definitely a line drawn between good and evil, but it's very distinctive. It's like black and white, but in our world, there's always the gray area. Because no one's, I mean, in my experience, experience no one's really 100% evil. Or 100% but then, good. But then here it's almost saying, so... Everyone in the pure tower, I guess, is 100% good, and everyone in the wicked is 100% evil. Like, there's no... There's no in-between. Yeah. There's no mixing. And then in the next part, when it says, try to escape, you'll always fail, it gives foreshadowing that it's almost like, although it's a school, people are stuck there, I guess you could say, and few people can get out through a fairy tale. Yeah, that's an interesting point of view. So then, as the chapter starts... Progresses. Progresses, yes. Um, so when it just starts, literally the first line is, Sophie has waited all her life, life to, to be, be kidnapped. kidnapped. So what do you think about this? It seems like a very... I mean, it's very... It's definitely attention-grabbing. Yeah, because she's kind of... And then throughout the book, she's... Or throughout the first chapter, she's comparing herself to other people... And she, in her mind, she thinks that she's very different and that she's very good. But it seems like that might be her just in her mind. So everyone else thinks that she's different. That's true. And the way you see her react, especially to Radley and her family, kind of in general, to be honest, she's just not a kind person. She's very self-absorbed. But she's trying to be not for, not to be kind, but... So people will think, oh, she's perfect, oh, she belongs in the school for good. Which is all she wants. She just wants to stand out. That's true. But the way she does it, the way she goes about it, it's just so twisted, you know? Because if you're truly good, if you're truly selfless, you obviously don't record your good deeds because they're habit. They're a habit for you, you know? Do you think she has any percent of goodness or whatever in her? I mean, right now, she seems honestly like a normal human who's just done, like, who's a, just I'm going to be a kind resolution path. and then just kind of counted yeah, it Yeah, because which school would she fit in right now? I'm leaning more towards evil because the good fat, the good, um, the good deeds don't come naturally. Honestly, but she's not 100% either one so far. Well, I would just think that she doesn't really deserve to be in either school based on what we've learned so far. Yeah, that's an interesting point. So, another part of the chapter that really stood out to me was how diligent Sophie was in her beauty routine. She's literally 12 years old, and she's going on about goat milk fish eggs. Yeah. I've Turtle that, eggs? Yeah. In- it's crazy, and I was super interested by this, so I actually I researched a bunch of it, and... Goat milk, fish eggs, pumpkin puree, melon, and turtle eggs are actually all extremely beneficial for your skin. 
Goat milk is anti-aging and hydrating, while fish eggs are rich in amino acids, so they help improve your skin texture and tone. And then pumpkin puree is n known for anti-wrinkle and exfoliation properties. Melon contributes to healthy skin just in general, and turtle eggs are very moisturizing. And though even Sophie's been portrayed like as not very intelligent so far, she seems to have done her skincare research very well. And also, so their their town is called Givaldin, and it's literally surrounded by woods, and so they do have a pond and all that, but where is she finding these turtle eggs and all these strange... Well, in the woods. Turtle eggs in the woods. <laughs> but she doesn't really seem like the type to venture out into the wilderness, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, that was a bit of a plot hole, but it was very interesting. I loved That's that true. part. And then when she's doing her skin routine, this is another part I thought was kind of shocking, to be honest. Sophie flips to her like favorite part in the storybook, the part where the evil witch is rolled down the hill in a nail-studded barrel and essentially dies. But then... Worse than dies. Well, she's <laughs> impaled. <laughs> But then Sophie just kind of goes from thinking about the witch's gruesome death. Her favorite part. <laughs> yeah, to thinking about cucumbers. And I thought it was really interesting how she trivializes and didn't really feel affected or saddened by death. Admittedly, the witch was a villain, but just the I way that she... Thought about it. Just and, kind of threw or away didn't that think thought. about it. Yeah, really. she didn't think about it. And also, um, that's a, another bit of foreshadowing with the evil witch... And the bracelet, but we'll get into that later. So, also a big part of this book and chapter, judgment based on outside appearances, sorry. So, Agatha, we haven't really talked about her yet, but so she's, she lives in a graveyard on Graves Hill in Gavaldon, but and not in And eats, like, newts and toad eyes and stuff. Yeah, and so she's in... With a little cat named Reaper. Who's yeah. bald. <laughs> and she's... She's, like, wearing shapeless black clothes and all this stuff. And she's basically, she's, so far it seems like she's the opposite of Sophie. Because she's, polar opposites. yeah, because yeah. it's blonde versus black, like, hair colors. Pink versus black, their clothes colors. Classic prince versus classic witch. Be princess. Princess, <laughs> sorry, not prince. Because Sophie is just, like, good deeds, good deeds. And Agatha's, like... Do I really Cauldrons have to go out of the house? And she doesn't, yeah. yeah. And then also I thought, based upon that, it's color association too, because, I mean, pink is seen as, I don't know, it's light, cheerful, you know? And then black is kind of associated, I mean, it's darkness. So then that could be negative, but in some cultures that could be positive, you know? Because yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that does sound interesting. So then, segueing into a new part of the chapter, while well, Sophie's walking up to Graves Hill, too, because Agatha's basically her good deed, the, the loner on the, in the graveyard, that she's going to be her friend. And bringing cookies. No, they're butterless biscuits. Butterless brand biscuits. They're essentially the same thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, while she's walking up there, she starts counting her good deeds again. Of the week, because the schoolmaster, who basically people are afraid of, but she really wants to go to the school for good, because she wants to be different from everyone else in the small town. So basically, while everyone is afraid, she's counting her good deeds because she wants to be taken. So then she thinks 
She's very jealous. She kind of centers on certain people. And then... Who could take away her chance. all her jealousy. Yeah, because they could take away her chance. There's only accepted. really one candidate for the good school besides her. In her opinion. Is, in her opinion, of course. Who is Belle. And Belle is actually the epitome of a supposedly good child. So she's bring, she always brings her father food. At the mine, which is where mine, everyone Home-cooked works. food, like fresh bread. And she gives it to the beggar in the town square. But, but Sophie then, yeah. thinks that that's negative because, well, she convinces herself that that's actually negative and it's actually good for her that Belle does that because all the Quoting food makes her. Belle's father fat and the old woman in the square is now, like, obese because she's just given all this decadent food. And also, while she's walking, she's also thinking about her mother, who's named Vanessa, who's basically her role model. She died a while back. But, so, also, I feel like she learned some of her beauty tips and secrets or whatever from mm-hmm. her mother. That's true. Because I don't think she could think of all that stuff and where to find these mysterious yeah. turtle eggs. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's kind of a thing that's passed down through generations, you know? Just, like, the beauty secrets, that kind of stuff. Yes. And so then, while she's walking, Radley, the little... Or, not little boy, but the boy her age from the town who's kind of obsessed who's with her. her other good deed, actually. Yeah, so she's been basically, as a good deed, been... Stringing him along, almost. Kind of encouraging him, but she knows, and he doesn't. But he has no chance, no And so basically what. he offers to be her new friend when Agatha is taken away to the school for good... For evil, sorry. And so then... Sophie's like, oh, why didn't he include me, basically? And he, she's just She's angry annoyed. because he assumes that Belle is going to be taken instead of her. And that just irritates her. I mean, it's her whole life stream just kind of stomped under his little feet. So. And she bluntly rejects him. And then she only regrets having been rude to him after she realizes, oh, no, will the schoolmaster accept me? Or will he reject me because I just did one bad deed or I just spoiled this good deed. And it was also kind of interesting that Radley thought that Sophie wouldn't be taken by That's the schoolmaster. That's true, because like she's, ni- she's been being nice to him for, I don't know, months? But kind of building up to this, and yet he still wasn't taken in by her, and still he thought she wasn't fully good. And maybe, like, he just was holding on to the hope that she would somehow... Marry him. Marry him. I don't know, they're 12. Who knows what's going on? But, yeah, so then she's really annoyed about that. She's carrying her butterless brand disgusting biscuits to Agatha to try to kind of bring her back into being her friend because the last time she visited Agatha, apparently she dyed Agatha's hair, like, green. I forget the color now, but she dyed her hair because, um... And then Agatha's mad because she thinks that Sophie's kind of just using her to try her beauty. Which is admittedly true. Yeah. Sophie pretty true. Just pretends that it's not that way. But then as you find out Yeah, both of them value the friendship though, which is funny because they kind of snipe at each other, they get a little angry, they bicker, but they still really like each other. And it's kind of clear that both of them value the friendship but in different ways, because they're, they don't have friends except for the other one, except for each other, 
And when Agatha hangs out with Sophie, she feels normal, which is all she wants to feel. But it's kind of hard for her because she's living in a graveyard. And all Sophie I mean, wants to do is stand out, be the good one. But Agatha doesn't necessarily want to be normal because, I mean, look at the stuff she does. She dresses up as a bride for Halloween because weddings are scary. And then her create a tale competition story is a little morbid as well. So, yeah, because it ends with like princesses drowning themselves and just, you know, pretty horrible ways for fairy tales to end, which is actually how fairy tales used to end. Yeah, but, like the Grimm's brothers. Yeah. And also funny thing to point out, Halloween for Halloween nowadays there are actually a lot of brides costumes, so that was kind of funny. Yeah, I agree. And then later on, I mean, when Sophie finally arrives, she promises Agatha delectable buttery pastries and gives her her butterless <laughs> brand biscuits. Because Agatha doesn't want to let her in. And then because of what happened last time with the green hair. Right. When, like I said before. But, um, and then Reaper, her Agatha's cat, is about to kind of kill, I guess, Sophie, so <laughs> Agatha lets her in with the promise of having the... That's true. And then later, after this delightful meeting with Agatha, Sophie's walking back down, back into town, and she sees Belle, well, she sees all the children in Gavaldon trying to disguise themselves, well, all the children of age so trying below to disguise themselves. 16. 12 to yeah, 16. 12 to 16, more or less. So they're, like, putting mud on their faces, they're cutting their hair, they're disguising themselves. If they're pretty. Changing they're... clothes. Yeah. So basically, if they're pretty or good or whatever, yeah, then they're trying to, they're, that's, those are the people that are shearing their hair and putting mud all over their faces. But the people who are supposedly bad or ugly or whatever, who are sorted into that, that side basically that category that category they're the ones who are changing into nice clothes and having their hair done yeah because no one wants to be taken except for well, Sophie no, yeah but the whole point i think it's just kind of awful that they're using the bad kids almost as decoys because for the good kids you know because notice I mean, that we're doing quotation marks yeah quotation bad kids quote unquote but Supposedly, the schoolmaster sees past all that because they, they, he or she, it, sees your good deeds. So I guess reading your mind more than seeing your exterior appearance. Yeah, and then when Sophie sees Belle trying to disguise that she's a pretty or truly good soul, she, acts, she feels powerful. She's she like, well, victorious. she doesn't wanna. She doesn't wanna be special because I'm the only person in this town that was meant for something better than these people. Right. And so, yeah, so that's basically her thinking. And then when Sophie and Agatha are together, cause, and they're walking in town, everyone's like, oh, the perfect pat pair. Everyone stops what they're doing, covering up. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's... That's who the schoolmaster's going to take. They think of that immediately. Yes, because, that's I so mean, it's kind of hard to, because they're these hard two... Hard not to. Hard not to, because they're these two people... Where polar opposites look like polar opposites, act like polar opposites. Polar opposite, like, clothes, I guess. Look like polar opposites. Yeah. And, you know, it's literally the night before kids are being taken. Mm -hmm. So, 
that right there is just kind of clear foreshadowing. And then... At the, the end of the chapter. Both girls wish to be in the company of the other. Because they're at the pond, which might be where Sophie collects her turtle heads. <laughs> Perhaps. And basically, Agatha's, like, flicking matches off her bony wrists, which I no, don't know how that's flicking, She's just flicking burning matches into the water. But she's flicking them off her wrists. No, she's not. Wait, I'm, let's check. Let's quote this book. It says... Uh, <laughs> it says, as the sun weakened to a, to a red orb... Up. Two girls, one beautiful, one ugly, sat side by side on the shore of a lake. There's a lake near them. There could be turtles. Wait, so how Sophie this... packed cucumbers into a silk pouch, while Agatha flicked lit matches into the water. After the tenth match, Sophie threw her a look. I swear she was doing them on her wrist. Oopsies. I don't think she was. Wait, so Gavaldon's supposed to be so tiny. What's with this huge lake? Yeah, that's another plot hole, to be honest. It's kind of confusing about the geography. Yeah. But in the water sources. So anyways, the important part of the end of the chapter is basically... That um, they both wish... As the clock tolls six or seven, that it's six or seven, they both... Wish to be together one day from now. And like, no matter where they were. In the company of the other, because... I think that's just a beautiful wish, to be honest. Like, the depth of that friendship. Yeah, because, I mean... How long have they been friends? Since Sophie started her... Or she's been doing her good deeds, quote-unquote, quote for a long time. But basically, she just started, like, hyping them up since um, it's she's come of age for the schoolmaster right. to take her. So, they've literally been friends for a couple of weeks and yet they're it's months, just sweet months, months. yeah i just think it's a beautiful wish and it's also hardcore foreshadowing to whether they well it's kind of just leaving a question at the end of the chapter are they going to be together or are they not spoiler they are what's this book about <laughs> okay this has been sge with smg i'm your host gail and i'm sam Goodbye, and we hope to see you next time. Oh, and we almost forgot. Don't forget to drop a review down below or email us at sge with s and g at gmail.com. Bye!